This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Don't forget, top of the hour, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. It is MVSW Redux every single Wednesday here on the program. And thanks for joining me today. And by the way, the uh, the news of the day, and we'll see what happens at 2 o'clock with Jacob Brin on waivers, Detroit Red Wing. Um, does he clear or does some team claim him? Jimmy VC signing the two-year contract extension uh, with the Rangers today. It is an AAV of $800,000. Looks like VC has finally uh, found a real good home with the Rangers and a real good spot uh, as a penalty killer, um, as a, a, a bottom six player. Um, well, waiting to find out about Pat Kane as well. Left the game last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning after the second. Uh, this is an injury that happened against the San Jose Sharks previous. We're waiting for an update from the Hawks there. Also standing by for Sam Gagne. Have some uh, line issues with the Winnipeg Jets forward. Uh, so we're standing by to get Sam on the line here in a couple of moments. Uh, Oilers and Kraken last night. That's a tough one for Edmonton. They lose 5-2 to two to Seattle. Fifth straight loss uh, at home for the uh, for the Oilers. And I always think about what Gord Stelic uh, would always talk about. If you're going to be bad, don't be bad at home. Do all your bad games on the road. Uh, but at home, uh, do what you can. Something interesting as well. With the Buffalo Sabres, I was thinking about this last night, you know, watching the Sabres beat the Washington Capitals, and Uka Pekalukkanen was the, the goaltender last night for the Buffalo Sabres. Eric Comrie, um, Eric Comrie is going to be back sooner than later. Pause on that because Sam Gagne is, is standing by. So we'll pick up the Buffalo Sabres conversation in a couple of moments as I welcome aboard from the Winnipeg Jets, fresh off a 3 2 victory over the Calgary Flames, where he scored a big goal, the one and only Sam Gagne. Sam, how are you today? I'm great. I uh, just finished the game of mini sticks with the kids, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> Who won? How, how are you doing? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Do you? Uh, yeah. They want. Do you, do you have those? Do you have those mystery minis that Bauer's putting out now? Is that what you have for mini sticks yet? No, no. We just got a. Uh, we got a few from the uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. So um, the boys are pretty fired nice. up about it. And uh, I, yeah, That's awesome. I'm, getting, I'm getting outnumbered two to one, but it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, congrats on a couple of things. Um, I know it's a couple of games old now, but congrats on game number one thousand. Congrats on the win last night and your big goal uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, going back to the the one thousand games, like. When that happens, I'm always curious what goes through your mind and what you think about and how far back and do you think of backyard rinks and skating with Tavares and do you think of you know growing up with the Marlies and Dad and Knights and playing with Kane and Kostitsin? Like, what goes through your mind when, when you skate in game number 1,000? Yeah, I mean, um, it, was a, it was emotional. I think uh, just the, well, I mean, first off, the ceremony the Jets put on was incredible and not something I was, really expecting um and you know you see the video you see the tributes and see your family out on the ice and friends that are in town and i think um you know there's a lot of reflection that goes on with that um and you know just kind of some of the things i've been through in my career yeah it was um you know it was a it was an emotional couple days um but you know at the same time i'm you know like i I'm, I'm happy it's over in a way. Um, now I can just focus on getting back to playing <laughs> hockey. But yeah, it was it, it was awesome. I mean, um, just what every uh, everyone that supported me, I, I felt like that was a celebration um, for them, and I was really happy to share that with them. And um, 
you know, the Jets were, like I said, incredible throughout the whole thing. My teammates uh, made me feel really special, which was awesome. So uh, it was a great couple of days. Do you, uh, would there be any, did, did anyone surprise you by reaching out to you, sending a note, maybe a phone call? Were there any surprises on your phone? Um, I mean, I had, a, I had a lot. Like, I, uh, after the game, I looked and I had, I think, 85 uh, text messages, um, which, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to, um, to kind of have that support from uh, friends, family, people around the league. Um, it's, um, you know, kind of, it's been a long road to get there. I, I talked to, you know, we were playing against Vancouver, so I talked to Luke Shen after the game, and him and I had, you know, been through similar things in our career, right? And um, mm-hmm. so having, uh, you know, him come up and say congratulations and, you know, you know different, different people reaching out, um, it, it was really special. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a cool, a cool, uh, a cool day, a uh, special moment. Um, were there ever times in your career, because your career has taken uh, a lot of turns, like I've, I've made the point about you a number of times, like this game has given you every single opportunity to quit and you've never taken it. You've always chosen, I'm not going to quit, I'm just going to work harder. And I think we can all recall your role on that Columbus Blue Jackets power play, which looked like the 77 Habs or the you know 1981 Islanders, like it was remarkable power play. And you were a big... Mm-hmm part of that and that really you know gave another a, a shot in the arm to your uh, to, to your career were there ever any moments along the way where you said i don't know if there's still a spot for me here anymore yeah i mean i think um you know the year in columbus i still felt i mean i was in the middle of uh what i would consider my prime and you know i still feel like i had a lot of game left and mm-hmm. you know, I, I was uh, I was excited for that opportunity, and and it went really well. And then you know, I signed the the three year deal in Vancouver, um, and you expect to take another step and uh, find yourself in the minors a year later. So that was kind of a a shock. And then um, I got called called up and then sent back down. And I think that's when you start to question, um, you know, uh, how your career is going to end up. I suppose, but. Um, I have a ton of support, and it's not possible without that. I think, you know, you go through your struggles, and you have to lean uh, on the people around you and your support system, and um, you have to believe in yourself too. But you know, uh, it's it's always nice to to have that support from the people around you uh, to help you through those times. And I feel very fortunate. I, I think that was the biggest thing around the last couple of days with the 1,000 game ceremony is is having that support system around me here. Um, you know, being able to celebrate them was really special. I mean, my my wife, um, you know, what she, she's put up with kind of moving our family around, uh, allowing me to chase my dream and then keeping me uh, keeping me sane throughout it all. Um, yeah, it's just I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, and it was a special time to be able to share that with everybody. And, and it seems like Winnipeg seems like a real fit for you. Uh, I know you like it there. I know they like you. Uh, I'm curious, what is it like living in Ryan Reeves's house? <laughs> yeah, well, I better not uh, skip on rent or anything like that because you know, with them in our division. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's been it's been great here. I think um, just having um, the support system here, uh, you know, the way they treat the players, and then. 
it being a Canadian market, a, a great hockey city, uh, it's been a lot of fun for my family and I. My boys are playing hockey, um, really enjoying that. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good fit. I think you know we, we've got a great team, which is it's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, having been through uh, some rebuilds and uh, some teams, you know that haven't had a, a ton of success uh, win-wise. So uh, that, that's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm enjoying that and just trying to you know find my place here and and contribute. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, I, I want to go back to your draft. Like when you go through, you know, a, a thousand games, you, you think back to a lot of things. And I, I, I love asking players this because the, the, the answers are, are, are pretty unique. Um, Patrick Kane goes first overall. James Van Riemsdyk goes to Philadelphia. Kyle Turris to the, the Coyotes. And then the Los Angeles Kings take Thomas Hickey, which was kind of the first surprise in the first round. Did you know that you were going to Edmonton at six? no matter what happened? Or was there a team that maybe you thought, yeah, you know what, I think maybe Boston at eight really wants me or the Capitals at five mm-hmm. really want me? Like, is there a, Was there a team that you thought was, okay, that, this is where I'm going, or did you really have no idea? Well, I thought I, thought I could go anywhere kind of in the four to eight range, um, just depending on how things shook out. And then when Thomas got picked, um, it, it, yeah, it was it was one of those things where you're like, okay, uh, yeah, you're wondering how things are going to shake out. Um, I yeah. think that Washington um, was planning on taking me just because um, when they when they went up to announce their pick, they actually said from the London Knights. But um, I, I think when Thomas Hickey went, they decided we're going to go with Alsner. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I fell into the sixth hole, and, and Edmonton took me. And I, I had had, you know, great conversations with them, and I, I knew it was a possibility. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked out great. I think um, just you know being able to start my career there, um, you know, it's a great place to play hockey. I met my wife there. Uh, it's yeah. So you know, being drafted there, I'm um, yeah, it, it, it was awesome and. Uh, something that uh, I look back on very fondly. You know, we are with Sam Gagne here of the Winnipeg Jets, over 1,000 games in the NHL, and a, a big big uh, goal last night is his Jets beat the Calgary Flames. You know, I can uh, one of our favorite Sam Gagne memories around here is your days as the shootout king in the NHL and the super fast hands. Sure. When, uh, when the shootout became a thing in the NHL, how much were you drooling or thinking like, okay, man, I, can, I know I can nail this thing because some of those early days of you in the shootouts were just like mm-hmm. spectacular. Sam. Yeah, well, there was a lot more shootouts back then, and you know, I think with with overtime being four on four, it just it got there a little more often. And um, yep. yeah, I mean, it was something that I, I had worked on a lot uh, at that that point in my career. Um, I knew it was important. Um, I think my first year in the league, um, we won a. A ton of games in the shootout, so it was it was an important part of keeping us in the playoff mix. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's something I really enjoyed. Um, I haven't taken a lot uh, in the last number of years just because you know it doesn't get to the shootout as much. But yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. it's something that uh, I had a lot of fun with. Um, and you know, it's 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 nice to look back on those uh, those highlights. And and um, yeah, it's it was a it was a special time for sure.
Who impresses you in the shootout? Well, um, Zegers is doing a great job now. I mean, I think he's yeah he's running at like a sixty percent clip or something in a, in a decent amount of attempts. Um, that that seems to be the hardest part. I remember my first year, my first seven or eight attempts, uh, everything seemed easy, and then goalies start to clue into what you're what you're doing, and it starts to make it a little more difficult, mm-hmm. and you have to adjust. Um, but he's he's a guy that. Um, he looks like Kaner uh, coming in on the you know Pelly shot or the the uh, the shootouts. It's uh, has a lot of deception. Um, I, I I do not envy the goalies having to having to try to handle that, but um, it's uh, certainly fun to watch. Do you uh, still keep in touch with Patrick Kane? I, I think back, you know, to the season with the London Knights. You mentioned them a couple of seconds ago, and, and that line, which was, you know, probably the best line in all of all of junior hockey. Uh, you, Patrick Kane, and, and Sergei Kostitsin. What do you remember from those days? And do you still keep in touch with Pat Kane or Sergei Kostitsin, for that matter? Yeah, I do. I, I um, I, I, I haven't been in touch with Sergei in, in quite a while. Um, probably in. 10 years or so, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, Kaner and I still keep in touch. Um, we text each other every so often and whenever we're in each other's cities, I see him. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he's gone on to have a pretty exceptional career, um, you know, with the Stanley cups and some of the awards he's been able to rack up. It's been fun to watch. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, though, it's, uh, I, I look back on those times in London really fondly. We had, we had a lot of fun as a group, and um, it was a great place to play junior, that's for sure. Have you uh, tried to convince Kane to come to Winnipeg at trade deadline? <laughs> we haven't had that discussion yet, no. <laughs> um, well, uh, listen, but, but before I let you go here, uh, and, and congratulations on a 1,000 games, and, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are just, you know, going gangbusters. Um I've always looked at you, Sam, and said, when the career is all done, I can see Sam Gagne in management somewhere. Um, I get the sense from you that, you know, you're a hockey lifer and you always want to be involved in the game. You know, your involvement with the Marlies and the GTHL, which John Tavares is well told. Um, What do you want to do when the playing days are all done? Not that I'm trying to wrap up your career. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. But um, yeah, I think I think I'd really enjoy staying in the game. I love the game. The game the game has given me and my family a ton. Um, so I'd like to find a way to get back to it somehow. Um, I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. I you know I'd like to be uh, pretty involved with the with the Marlies when I'm done playing, and then you know we'll see what else uh, comes up. But for now, I still feel good. Um, you know I think. I'm, you know, 33 years old, and I, I, I feel like I uh, have a few years left in me, so I just want to keep yep. putting my best foot forward and helping the Jets win games, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. Is it, uh, is it your goal, then, to be the last man standing from the 2007 draft? <laughs> I don't know. I just... I, I, I've stopped kind of setting goals like that. Um, it's just more um, <laughs> just play as long as I can and, and as long as I'm enjoying it um, and as long as, you know, it's not affecting, uh, you know, the family moving around too much. Um, that's kind of uh, my sure. mindset with it. It's the best game there is. And, you know, I want 
I want to keep on doing it as long as I can. So uh, that's kind of you know where my mindset is uh, going forward here. Well, I I think we all enjoy watching you. That's uh, that that's. That's not exactly a secret. Sam, congrats again on game number 1,000. Looks great on you. Um, congrats on the big goal last night. And, man, Winnipeg's having a real nice season. Keep it rolling. Best of luck in the future, and we'll, we'll check back soon. Thanks so much for this, Sam. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate it. There he is, Sam Gagne from the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, 1,002 games uh, so far. Um, Man, I've always talked about when we talked about recreating your, yourself at the beginning of the show with Jimmy VC and Andrew Cogliano, and you know Elliot brought up the point too that there's Sam Gagne who's kind of done the exact same thing, and you know every team needs the Swiss Army knives, you know the guys that can play up and down the lineup, can play a bottom six role, can play a top six role, can play a special teams role, the versatile players and veteran players. If you have a lot of youngsters on your team, having good vets around is always key. You know, players that younger players can relate to and learn from. And it's always tricky, too. They can't be, anyway, they can't be too old. The kids can't relate to them, you know what I mean? Uh, Hitting a break, uh, coming back with Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. Merrick Show continues. Keep it here. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, welcome back to the program. Want to uh, get right to this clip. There's some really interesting stuff here from Phil Bork. Now, Phil Bork, as we all know and remember, was a, a pretty big part of two Stanley Cup uh, Pittsburgh Penguins squads in the early 90s, 91 and 92 specifically. Um, has written a book as well, and we had him most recently on the podcast. It just came out today. Uh, we sat down with him on January 2nd, the morning of... Uh, at our hotel lobby, Elliot and I and did a podcast with him, and there's a whole lot that he talked about in this podcast. But I thought particularly interesting for this program might be his thoughts on Yarmir Yager, uh, his past playing with Yarmir Yager, his relationship, the ups and the downs that he's gone through with Yager, and the future for Yarmir Yager and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's have a listen. This is Phil Bork on the recently released 32 Thoughts podcast interview edition. Enjoy. Yager, you went over to see him for like a day a couple of years ago, and you guys were very close. I mean, right before COVID, yeah. We, well, we had drifted apart, really. Oh. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't like Yarma Yager when he was with the Bruins, with you know the latter part of his career. I thought he was uh, uh, arrogant. I thought he was pompous. Uh, I didn't like his personality, to be quite frank with you guys. And I don't know if that got back to him or not, but we just kind of drifted apart. And I'd, I'd stop and see him after a game. He didn't really have time for me. I'm like, okay, fine, no big deal. But the Penguins had asked me if I was going to be talking to him or seeing him because they want to put this jersey up in the rafters. And you think, wow, Yogg's played for, what, eight different teams? Long-time Ranger, long-time cap. But his first two years in the league, he won the Stanley Cup. Never won again, right? Which is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of kicks at the camp, but never won again. But... I took a flight from Philly over to uh, Paris and then over to Prague, and he actually had a, a car service waiting for me at the hotel, and I went right to Cladno, and I watched him play the game, uh, and then afterwards, he came up. He was still in his underwear. They were his underneath his uniform, came up, had a couple beers in the VIP room, and we had an unbelievable talk. You know, it, was, it was so, he had so kind of let that guard down and that arrogance and that, that attitude. He had let it all down. 
because I think he knew that it was the beginning of the end for him, but he didn't want it to end. And this is still two years ago, and now he's, he's still just, playing. He's going to be 51 in February, and he's still playing. He just played the other day. Uh, but he knows his name is so tied to that team, not just as an owner, but for the sponsors and the big sponsors. Mm. Because once he leaves, the big sponsors leave. So that's part of why he's hanging on. But also, I wanted to kind of plant that seed with him that you were loved in Pittsburgh, man. I just want you to kind of close your eyes for a second and imagine what that night's going to be like. You know Mario's going to be there. That night of putting your number 68 up in the rafters right next to 66. You know, Brian Burke tells uh, a wonderful story about Yager before the draft, before he gets picked. Have you heard this one, Free? No, I'm not sure. So he's interviewing Yager, and he's you know checking all the all the all the boxes, and he and he asks him how many teams he's captained along the way, and he says none. I've never been captain of a team. And he says, "Oh, okay. So hang on, hang on a second. That's a that's a flag." And he pauses. He says, "Because I always played three years up, I was always three years younger than everybody." And Brookie's like. Okay, what are some of the things that you saw from Yager where you're like, I've never seen this before? When he first came, he didn't speak any English at all. So getting Yari Herdina from the Calgary Flames was huge. He sat next to Yags, and he was, and also Brian Trache was huge his first few years. Just kind of taking him under his wing, and then this broken English saying, it's going to be okay. I'll tell you a quick story. It's about halfway through the season, and people forget this because his career was so great. But he used to come through the middle of the ice with his head down. And I remember one time he got laid out so bad. We're like, oh, boy, he's not going to get up. He comes to the bench. This is at the old Civic Arena. I'm sitting next to him, and he starts crying. And I knew he was incredibly homesick. The language, he he wasn't able to do all the things he was able to do in the Czech League. And he was frustrated. And he just started crying like like one of those, (gasps) like couldn't catch his breath crying. Well, sure enough, big Kevin Stevens stands up and goes, is he crying? Is he effing crying? I was like, Artie, Artie, I got it, I got it. He's like, tell that effing baby to stop crying because that's kind of how we talked to each other back then. Mm-hmm. So I got next to Yogg's. I said, it's okay, man, it's okay, it's all right. You and I, we're up next, we're up next, we're going to be okay. You know, but he went through some real struggles. People forget about that. He could have easily just said, this isn't for me. Like, I'm, I'm going to go back to Checo for a while. But he stuck it out, and the bigger the game's, the better he played, and next thing you know, he just took off. Was there a moment where he did something in a game where all you guys looked at each other and said, holy smokes, now I see what we've got here? Really, it was that 92 series against the Rangers when we lost Mario to the broken hand. We lose Joey Mullen to a big hit from Chris King, and uh, we needed him. And that's when he became a man. That's when he became an elite superstar. And it's like He took over that series. And it didn't matter what the Rangers were going to do. You could have put 20 Patrice Bergerons on him that night. It didn't matter. He took over that series, and really, he never looked back from there. So when you saw him a couple of years ago in Claude Noe, did he get the message? Is it, is it going to happen? Yeah, it's going to happen. Great. It's, gonna, I think the it's Penguins, the way it should be. I actually talked to him about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, like, Penguins are thinking like maybe April. He said, Borky, I haven't retired yet. Because that was his thing. He goes, once I retire, he goes, I'll be all for it. We can talk about how the logistics and everything. What he did say, he he said, I don't know if this will ever happen. He goes, because some teams came over to Prague, and I guess he dropped the puck, and he he saw all that. He said, I don't know if there's any way the NHL could get the Penguins to come over to Prague. I would love to have that moment with the team here, do a puck drop, announce my retirement then, and maybe a couple weeks later – Come back to Pittsburgh and put the jersey in the rafters. Wow. That's kind of his. That's kind of his. His vision. His dream. 
That would be really cool. Uh, and the rest of that interview you can hear uh, either at sportsnet.ca. Um, where else can you hear that? Spotify, take your pick, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it goes about an hour, some really interesting stuff there. But I thought you know you might enjoy the talk about Yager uh, because, Maddie, I know you're a fan. I'm a fan as well, and I'm, I'm still – Amazed when I look at the career of Yager, a couple of things, you know, outstanding as a young hockey player with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I still remember the guy that when he was in Washington, wouldn't even do, you know, pregame line rushes with the team. And he kind of turned into a villain and then in through the Rangers uh, where he was just like outstanding. And they kept trying to find uh, they kept, remember they kept trying to find a center for him and the best the best center for Yager, and maybe it's because they could think a similar way, was Michael Nylander. Anyway, uh, when I say Yager, Maddie, what comes to your mind right away? Always, always, always I reference um, a conversation I had with Adam Graves because he's a family friend of ours. And I, I asked, I said, who's the toughest player to play mm-hmm. against? He said, the guy you could never knock off the puck was Yarmir Yager. He was just too big and just too strong. And when you watch him early in his career, you didn't necessarily get that because – as he got older, obviously, he didn't move as well, so he used his body a little bit differently as his career progressed. But we don't realize how big and strong mm-hmm. Yarmir Yager was, especially early in his career. Like, he was he was a physical force. He used it in a different way, but that's what I always yeah. think of. And the salute. I always think of the salute because, as a joke, one time <laughs> I did it. I did it to my dad in the stands, and then it became a thing. So, I'd, you so I always not. remember that. I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Center ice, salute, everything. The whole nine. Yep. Uh, I, I I just loved when he came back and he went from team to team to Philadelphia to Dallas to Boston the hired gun. to New Jersey. And it was almost like, yeah, I just thought, like, is Yager going to try to go through every single team here? And like, is that his ultimate play? He's going to try to play for every single team? Anyway, uh, more Yager in the NHL, please. More Yager uh, in the NHL. Thanks to Greg Wachinski from ESPN for stopping by, as always, here each and every Monday. Thanks to Sam Gagne of the Winnipeg Jets. And congratulations on game number 1,000. Congratulations on the big goal last night as Winnipeg beats the Calgary Flames. And thanks, as always, to Elliot Friedman to, uh, for kicking off the show. Only three games around the NHL this evening. It's the Devils and the Wings. In a couple of moments, we're going to find out about Jacob Verana. The Bolts and the Wild, the Stars and the Ducks. Back here tomorrow to talk about all of it across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have a good rest of your day.